1: Adidas.
0: Coming up next, our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, I met Steven from Legacy. Big, big character, big personality. He was out uh, in support of the Gary Drager Golf Classic for 630 Gen Chorus on Friday. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. We welcome back to the show, John Shannon. Hello, John. How you doing? I'm great, Bob. You? Good. I'm going to totally cruise an off-speed pitch to open up with you, Okay. I hit the curve well. Oh, do you? All right. So Eileen Bell, as you know, legendary newsreader here at Edmonton, attended Brigham Young, University from 1977 to 1981. And this was at the height of Lavelle Edwards' reign as head coach of Brigham Young sure. football program. And they, they they ran one of the most progressive pass oriented offenses uh, in college football. So from 77 to 81, there were two quarterbacks of it later being the NFL, one who won a Super Bowl. Uh, can you name one of the two quarterbacks well, that was there at the time?
1: In fact, I saw Steve Young play his first ever professional football game. Yeah. When he signed with the LA Express and played for- Hugh Campbell? Who coached the LA Express? Hugh Campbell? Hugh Campbell. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I watched uh, Steve Young, and they played against the New Jersey Generals. Oh, this is gonna be Coached tie. by Chuck Fairbanks. Yeah. <laughs> and, the running back was Herschel Walker and for the Generals you're not gonna and believe. the
0: quarterback was Doug Flutie. You're not going to believe how this is all going to tie in. So the two primary quarterbacks from 77 to 81 were uh, Mark Wilson, who, as you know, was a quarterback for the Raiders uh, for a while. And, yeah. Jim Number McMahon, six, yeah. and Jim McMahon, who would go on and win a Super Bowl oh. with the uh, uh, Chicago Bears. And uh, McMahon orchestrated one of the greatest comebacks of all time in the Holiday Bowl. Uh, that was the time in which uh, uh, Gifford Nielsen was also there at the time. Gifford Nielsen uh, and Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad, Gifford Nielsen and Oliver Luck yeah. were the quarterbacks for Hugh Campbell when he started in Houston before Warren Moon. Houston, yeah. yeah there he goes. So, yeah. anyways, let me circle back here to tell a story. So, so I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get either name
1: right in the well, trivia question. Well, You're no, not going mean, to bust
0: me. Well, technically Young, I think, was redshirting that year. Uh, McMahon yeah. uh, started off. McMahon was a punter. And then quarterback, and he led one of the greatest comebacks of all time against the Pony Express back uh, backfield at uh, oh, at uh, SMU huh? at SMU with Eric Dickerson and Craig James. I remember watching that game, and yeah. Craig James scored on a fake punt. And he was fast. Like he was a thousand-yard running back in the NFL for the Patriots. And, sure, uh, he was. And Eric Dickerson was off the charts. Like he was, he was yeah. a, a star. So, so there was Gifford Nelson, uh, Jim McMahon, Mark Wilson. They were all there when Eileen was there. You mentioned jo- you mentioned Herschel Walker played for which prominent NCAA football program? Georgia. Well, he was a Georgia Bulldog. He was a Georgia. How about this? One of the yeah. first college games I watched in entirety was Brigham Young against Georgia. I think it was at the start of the 82 season, okay? And Uh Steve Young threw six interceptions in that game. Like think of, like, you're, this is the guy that was being talked about for the Heisman Trophy. Herschel had already sure. won the he, Herschel probably should have won the Heisman Trophy as a freshman. That's how good he was. Uh, and Herschel was completely kept in check in that game. But Steve Young, six pick. What, I, all I heard about is how Steve Young was better than Gifford Nielsen, better than Mark Wilson, better than Jim McMahon. And I'm watching yeah. this game. and I'm like, well, he must be really good. And he throws six interceptions in the game. Well, guess what? Oh, wow! There you go. Uh, he ended up, as you know, throwing six touchdown passes. Uh, that was your... Uh, did you ever do any drinking games, John, back when you were a kid? Did you do the Bob Newhart drinking game?
1: No, I must admit, Bob, I didn't do drinking games, okay? Okay. I, I didn't drink till I was 25. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. I didn't drink till I was 25, and I worked with the stats guys at Edmonton.
0: Oh, John Saxman, for me would not be pleased with that. Uh, I will tell you that we used to do a Al Pacino Scarface drinking game. Every time he uses a word that George Carlin says <laughs> you're not supposed to say on TV, you're supposed to have a shot. Right. And I, uh, I okay. bet, I bet somebody uh, the
1: seven, the seven words, the seven uh, words, right?
0: And we're now down to three, by the way. Um, oh, we or are we? I believe we're down to three. According, really? According to the CRTC, I believe we're down to three. Uh, and John, oh, we, wow. we, circling back to Steve Young, as many listeners would remember, the 49ers played the Chargers. The Chargers were an upset special with Stan Humphreys at quarterback. And I had stupidly bet a guy that I could take a shot for every first down of the game. In San Francisco the West Coast offense going, and they just torched San Diego all day long, and that was a game Young threw six touchdown passes. So, there you have it. How's that? So, the
1: six interceptions got beaten by the, that was pretty good, but the six interceptions got beaten by the six
0: TDs, so. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's, and today, as you know, Steve Young was announced as uh, part of what? BBC, uh, ESPN Sunday Night Package or Monday Night Package? Yes, they they moved them over. Monday Night so Package. Monday yeah. Night Package. All right. Well, so he had
1: he had been involved. He he uh, Steve had been involved in the show for a lot of years in the uh, the Countdown show on Mondays. So yeah, that, that's that's just a logic that's a logical extension. By the way, welcome to football today on six thirty, Ched with Bob Stocker and
0: John Chan. It Schoenner. is it is seven solid minutes <laughs> in the middle of August. We have the World Juniors going on, and we don't have a lot of interest. <laughs> Damn it, Stauffer! Why are you not talking about who the Evans Oilers should sign as a 13th forward? So I'm going to give you some scenarios. What's the most likely scenario? Are you ready to Are you ready to do this game, John? I'm going to I'm going to make you put your GM hat on for the Evans Oilers. Do you give up four or five pieces? Kenny will love this. Oh yeah. Uh, Kenny will love this when he hears it. Yes. Do you give up four or five pieces to go get Pat Kane right now? That's number one, and obviously you have to move money out. Number two, do you move money out to perhaps create a mechanism or window to bring in a guy like Phil Kessel as a mid-range guy in the one and a half or two million dollar range? Or number three, do you go bargain basement hunting at 750,000 bucks for a 12-13 forward? What do you do? And I'm gonna ask the listeners to do the same three. Do you shoot big right now and go get patty Kane? Do you go mid-level and move out a, you know, a Fogel or a a type and bring in a guy like Kessel on a one-year deal until Borgol's ready? Or conversely, do you just go a bargain basement hunting and bring in a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar player?
1: I, I, I uh, well, first of all, I don't think you do the first thing. And as much as I think Pat Kane is a great player, uh, when you don't know how long you're going to have Patrick Kane, uh, I think that that would be a terrible mistake. Okay, I, I, I really do. That uh, I mean, you know, do you, do you forsake and. and send a King's Ransom to Chicago for one year, boy, oh, boy, that would be difficult for me. I really would. What I would do is a combination of the two or three, and that is bargain basement for Phil Kessel. Because I don't think Phil Kessel, you know, I I think Phil Kessel's made his money. I think Phil Kessel wants to play for a winner. I think Phil Kessel uh, is still a very effective player. Uh, I think he's still one of the best passers in the game, period. End of discussion. And I still think he has a great shot. And if you could put Phil Kessel in, uh, you know, power play number two, you could put Phil Kessel uh, and rotate him through the top uh, six and perhaps into the third line once in a while, I think you would be okay.
0: Yeah, I would say his numbers statistically last year would suggest that he had a a major cold patch in terms of shooting percentage-wise. That's likely to bounce back. He was still a relatively productive player on a poor team. I might make an argument that if you went and got Kessel, you'd play him on the first power play unit. Uh, I'm not sure how Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, I'm have. just
1: trying to be. Re- I, I, I was going to say, I, I, quite, I was trying to be respectful for, for uh, Ryan and what he's done for the power play, and 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 how for, how effective he's been on that power play, uh, and I think we notice that every time Ryan gets
0: injured. Yeah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Give me your thoughts. On the three, the three options there. Do you, do you go big right now and go get Patrick Kane? It would be four or five pieces. We're talking, you know, they'd wow. take Poliarby, Yarby. Wow. They probably have to take the money for Fogel uh, to make the money work. You're talking a first round draft choice, lottery protected this year, and a couple other prospects. I mean, that is the minimum that the, the asset request is going to be from the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks right now. Or conversely, do you move out a, a mid range contract? And because I think Kessel going to cost you one and a half. You you obviously you think Kessel won't cost one and a half? You think they might be able to get him at lower than that?
1: I think they might, you know, I mean, he might cost the the league minimum. I mean, I don't see Phil Kessel signing anywhere right now, do you? I mean, there's lots of rumors about Boston, but, you know, Boston fans right now are going through this whole uh, nostalgia phase between Phil Kessel and Milan Lucic. Uh, so, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure I'm not sure that our buddy Don Sweeney's going through the same nostalgia. So, from from, from that perspective, if you can put if if you can put Phil Kessel in an Oiler jersey for minimal dollars, uh, I think it's it's worth contemplating. Here, here's the other thing about Patrick Kane, Bob. Remember Patrick Kane gets to decide where Patrick yes, Kane is. Yes, he played. does. Absolutely. As as much as as much as Kyle Davidson is the general manager, he has to take any deal, he has to take any scenario to Patrick Kane and Pat Brisson. So, uh, and and this is not a knock at Edmonton at all, but the reality is that Patrick Kane, who's, you know, born and raised in Buffalo, um, might prefer to be on the Eastern
0: Seaboard if he's 100%. not 100% if he's not with the Chicago Blackhawks, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. John, we've got you over the uh, ISDN right now on the reported app. Uh, are you in a convertible right now as you're driving? Because we're getting a lot of feedback right now from the listeners. No, uh,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sitting at a I'm sitting at a park bench.
0: Oh, really? Uh, This text comes in saying, Bob, we need to replace Cassian's toughness and grit. Why are we ever even entertaining Phil Kessel too slow to play in today's NHL? We've got enough firepower. And And Andrew says we need one more piece of team toughness. Now, the guy I suggested suggested was Ben Harper as the number seven defenseman. Uh, Maybe go that route with a guy... What do you think? Is his toughness become passe? Is this an old school, new school? I'm thinking. What do you think, John? I think they can be patient with this. I don't think they need to
1: start in October with team toughness. I think that uh, what we're talking about is when the playoffs start, approximately April the 12th. Where where is team toughness? So I think you, I think Kenny's got an opportunity to take his time and uh, nurture. A relationship with another manager to say hey who's who's you know who's the nick delorier of your team and i picked delorier because i think he you know he becomes a flavor of the month guy everybody loved nick delorier although look at the team that he played for didn't get out of the first round um so but i and i know you
0: like nick Delorier. I, li- so, I do uh, i don't want lo- to me yeah i don't like 1.75 I, so, million so, times you know, four and, and, years the other
1: thing is no 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 that's right and that's that becomes a that becomes a real issue the other the other let's remember and and this is something i actually learned as the season went on last year uh, after evander kane signed this guy's a tough hombre this guy you know he's a lot tougher and has a reputation of toughness in the nhl a lot greater than i think most people realize we, we never saw it in San Jose other than we viewed it as chippiness and, and maybe a little cockiness. But Evander Kane's a tough guy. So I think that you can, and and, and I think, the, and Bob, you and I have talked about this tons of times, the difference between regular season hockey and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I think you can wait your time and wait and, and find somebody at the deadline that w- could answer that bell. If you feel that the roster you have by then isn't
0: tough enough. You can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Lots of people uh, jumping aboard there. And that is an interesting perspective. And you know what? Uh, the Penticton Rookie Tournament comes up uh, here in about three weeks time, John. And, and the owners are going to have four first round draft choices there, which speaks to, and I know we're going to be talking about this with David Staples coming up as well, which speaks a little to, you know, how Ken Holland's patience approach comes to for and Ken said on the show a week ago Monday, "Hey, we don't have to be cap compliant until October the 12th. Do you have any appetite to bring back a guy like Sam Gagne or do you think been there done that?"
1: I'm a been there done that guy. I like Sam. I like Sam as a player. I like Sam as a person. Um, but you know, I think it's time to move on. You know, and again, that to me is, you know, that's that, that's that's dealing in nostalgia. You know, that's dealing in a time and a place where, sure, there's lots of fans that love the way Sam played and everybody remembers, you know, the, the great game against the Chicago Blackhawks on a Saturday night. Um, you know, and it, it it speaks to, I think, a time and a place where this team has has grown out of needing a Sam Gagne. I, I truly believe that. And I mean, if Sam Gagne is here, isn't that Derek Ryan's job? You
0: I could say we're done. with I'd be the devil's advocate.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I, and I like Derek Ryan, and I think Derek Ryan's a solid player. And I think I think when you look at at the versatility of Derek Ryan, um, I you know I'm saying okay, we got this guy. We need to show some loyalty to him. Uh, that to me is uh, again, it's if you're a hardcore Oilers fan and remember the good old days that weren't that good, Sam Gagne's at the top of your list.
0: But I, I think they've outgrown Sam Gagne. Justin has texted the show to say, Bob, love the idea of bringing in team toughness. Why has nobody mentioned Brett Ritchie on a league minimum deal? He was good in Calgary, in that five game series. You can fight and skate well for a big man. Your thoughts from Justin? I've always liked Brett Ritchie. I have. I'll be honest with that. Yep. Um, yep. I know he's not a heavyweight, but he now he's a big man. He's 6'4", 230, but he's capable sure. of taking the fight. I, I, he got dropped once last year. Uh, with a guy that really knows how to fight, and that's Mark Borowiecki. I'd have, I gotta be honest with you. I'd have time for Brett Rich. I don't know what the Oilers Pro Scouts are thinking, uh, what the staff is thinking, but I personally would have time. Uh, by the way, John, as you know, the Oilers had the fewest amount of fights in the entire NHL last year. And this texter says, isn't it ironic in a time in NHL history, when nobody wants to admit they need enforcers, every single team seems to have one.
1: Here's the thing, you need it, you need it in April, May, and June. You don't need it right now, Bob.
0: You don't need it to start the season. You know, and, you need listen, to be hard to play I, against in April, May, and June.
1: That's right, and yeah. and that's where team toughness—that's where team toughness comes in. You know, this—if if, if you—if you told me the team toughness gives the Oilers, the opposition's team toughness gives the Oilers five more power plays a game, you know what the Oilers should be able to do with that. You know, it's, the regular season is not the time and place for it. The Battle of Alberta, I mean, doesn't even match up anymore without Matthew Kachuk. Uh, so, uh, I, 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 hold on a sec.
0: Uh, I know, I know, I know. You know where I'm going to go next. You brought it up. You brought up Calgary, and I'm going to play the what-if game. What if the Calgary Flames up end up getting Nazem Kadri? Which I don't think is going to happen, but that's Okay. What if um, they end up? What? Then that, th- that changes. Then that changes things. Because changes if they get, if they, bit. if they end up, just I'm going to throw this out there. In order for it to happen, they'd have to divest themselves of Sean Monahan, who's had a significant hip injury. Um, mm-hmm. But let's just say they basically replace from the playoffs, Goodrow, Kachuk, and Gabranson, with Huberto, Cadre, and Weegar. And we, yeah. they're better yeah, they're, than they they're, were. They're better than they were.
1: Oh, hey, listen, they're not much worse right now, simply because I think Weger really improves their blue line. Weger does give them and takes a ton of pressure off of a guy like Chris Tanev, Uh who, you know, who, and you remember how hurt he was when he was playing in that series against yep, the Oilers. So, for, so from that perspective, you know, the Flames are still formidable. It, they really are they're oh, yeah. a formidable team they always and, and I, I mean I, I, I think that you know Brad Trilliving has done a, a really good job in a tough situation I just don't I don't think they're signing Kadri I, I just don't see that um, but you know if, if they do if they do then the battle's back on and
0: no, well, the battle's you know, going to be on top, either way the battle's going to be on either way yeah you're not wrong all right, awesome stuff, John. Thanks for your time. Stay safe at the turnimac. Well, <laughs> oh, no,
1: you know, listen, I'm just I'm sitting on a park bench on a nice, it's a beautiful day here, and I'm, I'm going to get on my bicycle and go for a ride. John,
0: John, we should mention the the app that we use picks up everything. And I, I know yeah, that from hosting the show on the road to my hotel room, like literally, like when the, you know, when the, uh, you know, when housekeeping comes by and knocks on the door, you can hear the knock on the door.
1: Yeah. Well, I got I got it. I got to get into my bicycle and take off the training wheels, Bob. So. All right. Well, good luck
0: with that. See you later, John. Yep. That is John Shannon our NHL Insider for Fort Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need get it with no payments. Or, no interest for a year, that's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. And we'll tell you, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roose Chris Stakos. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roose Chris Stakos. Look, there's lots of people out there listening to winners now right now that know lots about hockey, but they know lots about other sports too. We went down the path on Brigham Young quarterbacks, so we want going to throw a total curveball for you. At the time in which Miami were the preeminent number one program in the NCAA, which BYU quarterback would go on to win the Heisman Trophy, knocked off Miami at the start of the 1990 season? You can text us 780 I'm going to get to your text on what the order should do when we come back in orders now. now. Bob Stafford, Derek Scott, Brendan Escott, with you. A reminder, all season long, uh, the Orders Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown, strong supporters of the sporting community here in the city of Edmonton. Uh, Todd from Bonneville says, Bob, I love Phil Kessel as an Edmonton Oiler, and I love his affinity for hot dogs. Was there an affinity for hot dogs? All I know is the guys won a couple Stanley Cups. And he's been a uh, pretty good player for a long time. Coach Mike says, Bob, the Flames were the quote-unquote tougher team last season and lost to us in five games. That one comes to us from Coach Mike. Uh, let's see. B, Hawes, and John all knew on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 7804960063 that Ty Detmer was the BYU quarterback who helped upset Miami. Uh, the Hurricanes, some of you would have seen the ESPN 30 for 30 on the Hurricanes. Uh, they won national championships in 83, 87, uh, 89, and 91, and uh, knocked off uh, Miami in 1990. Big upset that led to Ty Dentmer ultimately winning the Heisman Trophy winner that year. And it's interesting. All those quarterbacks at BYU, I think Steve Young was the. He certainly had the best NFL career. He wasn't necessarily the best in college. Jim McMahon's numbers were scary, as were Ty Detmers. You can text us at 780 496 This text comes in. Come on, Bob. Regarding the Calgary Flames, he had zero injuries last season, a dream season. Their true colors showed up against a skilled team. Who on that roster is going to be better next season? Daryl Sutter couldn't make in-game adjustments if his life depended upon it. His message will start to waver with that group in the last 6 to 18 months. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. Rumors of the Calgary Flames demise greatly exaggerated. They're still going to be a really good hockey team. Marstrom's a good goalie. They're better on defense now. Weger versus Gabranson, in a league that is predicated upon skill and speed. Weger's a player. It's a good addition for that hockey club. That's an upgrade. They brought back Zdorov, who gives them some physicality and size. They've still got, you know, Hannafin and Anderson ended up matching up against... I mean, basically what happened, let's face it, is Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl annihilated the Calgary Flames head-to-head, five-on-five. They scorched them. I, I, I think it was like 11-4, and even, strength. it might have been even more pronounced than that. Leon Draisaitl had 17 points in five games. He had more points per game in a playoff series than any player in NHL history. I mean, come on, he had 3.4 points per game playing on one leg. The Flames, if they get Kadri, along with Huberto, instead of Kachuk, and I know we all disliked but you know, certainly understood the value of Matthew Kachuk, you take out Kachuk and Goodrow, and Goodrow is never seemingly great in the playoffs come crunch time, and you add Huberto and Kadri instead of Kachuk and Goodrow, And then on defense, bring in Weger instead of Gabranson. That is an upgrade for me for the Calgary Flames. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. David Staples called to hockey when we return on orders now.